Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of How to Hold a Pencil. My name is Ruben Ingber, and I'll be your host. Today with me is a self-taught developer, Matt Lozak from Canada, um, and we I'm really excited to have Matt on the show to learn more about his application that he built and so much more. Matt, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of a brief introduction about yourself? Sure, and thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, my name is Matt. I've uh, been developing iPhone apps and websites uh, at first for fun and now full-time for around a year now. And uh, I'm a recent university grad from Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Uh, and so in university, I studied engineering physics, which was uh, not very related to programming, but um, was interesting nonetheless. And my first job out of uh, university was uh, a job at a small consulting firm. Uh, we specialized in acoustics and vibration. And uh, that job was nice, but uh, during that time, I kind of just became obsessed with uh, programming and design and um, figuring out how to build things that were in my head. And uh, eventually got to a point where I couldn't stop thinking about it. So um, as of uh, July this year, I quit. and. That's when I started to work on JamCam. That's great. So I'm wondering what um, – I know you went to college for uh, engineering, and uh, after college you went and you worked at this acoustics firm. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. what caused you to make the switch to development because I feel like even though they're similar paths, it's a very different path. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been kind of interested in technology and kind of nerdy in that way. Um, and – I guess I, uh, what caused me to want to learn programming was essentially an idea that I had when I was, uh, I went on a little trip to Europe with some friends from my program. And, uh, during that time I, I had this idea for a product that I didn't really think existed. And, um, it turns out that it might've actually kind of existed more than I thought, but I was still so, you know, kind of taken by the idea of building it that, uh, I just, like I said, I couldn't stop thinking about it, and so I, I wanted to learn how to build it. So um, I guess that's what caused me to, to start to learn the uh, the website programming languages. All right. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, from experience, I know that learning to program um, and learning to develop is not an easy task. It takes a lot of work, and mm-hmm. most importantly, it takes motivation. And mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people just starting out, finding that motivation to keep going, you know, getting through the bugs and stuff like that, um, is hard, and I'm wondering what keeps you motivated. Hmm. Um, I think it's, I definitely agree with you. It's uh, it's the kind of thing where when you're getting into it, you kind of you're used to things kind of happening quickly. Like if you have an idea, you can easily draw it out, and then after a few hours, have you know something to look at. But in the case of when you don't know anything about uh, programming for the web-based languages and um, you know, you're getting you're getting going. It can be frustrating because it takes days and weeks and even months to kind of uh, make small small progress. But um, I think what has to motivate, well, what in my case, what motivated me um, was just kind of curiosity. I mean, even accomplishing the smallest things uh, throughout the process of making my first product. Uh, was really rewarding to me. Um, just, you know, the first time that I saw a Ajax uh, request go out and then have a, a comment pop up on my website, I, I thought, wow, this is amazing. And 
um, you know, when I, the first time, uh, my first product was a music sharing website that, um, connected to your iTunes library and, and did a bunch of analytics based on what's in your friends' libraries and so on. And, um, the first time I got a, a YouTube video to, I plugged into that API and got that on the page, uh, it just blew my mind. So it, although I think what helped me stay motivated was really taking pleasure in all the tiny little steps along the way. And, um, because if you, if you have your eyes set too far into the future, I think you'll definitely, it'll be too frustrating to, uh, to be able to motivate yourself every day. That, you know, that's exactly right. The, you know, keeping, keeping things fresh and staying motivated is what's most important. Now, just to, to question you on something else, it's, it's really interesting. You went and you studied engineering and, uh, you know, and then you kind of switched paths. And I'm wondering, how did the people around you, like your parents and other people, sort of react when you told them you were like, hey, I know I went to school and I studied this, but I want to do something else? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the people closest to me weren't really too surprised because, um, I mean, I've always been the kind of person who spends a lot of time in front of the computer just learning a bunch of random stuff. Like, uh, when I was younger, it was things like FL Studio for music producing and, um, Cinema 4D for making 3D animations or Photoshop and Illustrator, stuff like that. Um, just following tutorials online and whatnot. And so I think... You know, they've always seen that I like to make things. So, you know, when I said I wanted to do it full time and I had kind of a, an idea of how to feasibly do it and, and turn it into a full time thing, I, uh, I don't think the people closest to me were very surprised and they were very supportive. Well, that's great. Um, I know you're self taught when it comes to web development and stuff, and you've taught yourself HTML, CSS, mm-hmm. uh, JavaScript, Objective C, MySQL. Uh, and a bunch of other things, I would assume. Um, I'm wondering, how did you do it? Like, what tools did you use? Um, what would your typical lesson look like? You know, what was your process? Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to say is that I think uh, it's unfair to say that, like, when people say that they teach themselves, because really, uh, you're kind of letting other people teach you on the internet. It's more about motivating yourself, and I think that's a, a key distinction. So. Um, but my process is, is very much just going to Google and typing in exactly, you know, what it is I'm, I'm trying to figure out. So, um, for example, before I knew anything about, uh, website programming, I, you know, I didn't really know where to start. So I searched Google for how to create a website. And then I learned about, uh, hosting and buying a domain and, and so on. And then, um, you know, learned about how to make a static website. And then I started to wonder, well, how do you make this? more animated, how do you make this, um, you know, uh, depend on who's looking at it and stuff like that. Um, and so, yeah, just searching, just going to Google and um, trying to figure out very specific questions that can return uh, really immediately actionable uh, results. So you didn't, like, sign up for a service or something that gave you lessons or anything else like that? You fully, it was you would go out, you would decide what you wanted to work on and you would go out and just find it. Yeah, uh, that's right. For the, the only one thing I did watch was the Stanford lectures for Objective-C when I was uh, getting going on that. Yeah. Um, but generally, I find, I think it's just my learning style. I, if I'm sitting there listening, I, um, I don't find that it sticks in my mind as much as if I kind of have something in front of me to just do ridiculous amounts of trial and error. Um, so... Yeah, I think that's that's 
that's very interesting that you mentioned learning style because I think, um, and I recently wrote a blog post about this. I think that a lot of people, when they go out to sort of self learn or self teach or whatever you want to call them, uh, self, you know, do something and figure something out. I think the first step in it is figuring out what your learning style is. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering how you sort of figured that out for yourself. You know, was there were there things that you tried that you didn't like? Were there things that you tried that you were like, wow, I wish this existed for everything I was trying to learn? Mm-hmm. You know? I think uh, in my case, I just fell into it because, um, I mean, in school, uh, I, I was kind of a similar way. Like, I, I would sit and lecture and, you know, listen and take in some stuff. But I don't think... Uh, there are other people that I think are particularly good at sitting in a lecture and really absorbing the information. Um, whereas I, I'm really kind of a hands-on guy. I like to, you know, bash things around and see what breaks and whatnot. So um, it wasn't necessarily a conscious effort to determine my learning style. I think what happened is I just uh, uh, saw what worked and um, followed my interests and just kind of learned along the way. Um, so a lot of people that I've spoken to have told, have told me about, um, that they've, they've stuck to, uh, a very specific schedule when learning, whether they learn very early in the morning or they spent two hours at night or they spent two hours every other day or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. They had some sort of schedule. Did you have one or was it kind of a hodgepodge whenever you had time you did it or was this all consuming? You know, how, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. Um, well, depending on what, you know, time of, uh, what portion of my life we're talking about. I mean, in terms of, um, during my, uh, engineering, uh, gig that I had the acoustical engineering position, I just, any free time I had, um, I would be in front of a computer trying to figure things out, uh, for my the music website I was working on at the time. Um, and these days, uh, now that I can do it full time, I, I just stick to a kind of nine to five schedule. So I have a little bit more free time, which is nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, I was just very much driven by the passion. So in the, in the time when I had, uh, less free time because I was, uh, you know, at work or at school, I just do it whenever I could in my free time. So, um, but it was, you know, more or less just filling up the time as best I could. Got it. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. A lot of people talk about you know their successes, and I'm trying to. I, I would love to know like what type of roadblocks when you were first setting out did you hit, and you know what would you you know if you could go back and do something differently in your in your in your self taughtness or whatever you want to call it, um, what roadblocks were there? Um, I think the. I mean, the biggest roadblock would probably just be myself, and and it wasn't. In the end, it's a very manageable roadblock because it just comes down to kind of you against the challenge. But um, I mean, they're just, I remember some times where I'd be trying to figure something out and I'd kind of um, get a nervous feeling and question whether uh, I'd be able to do it. I think the person last week mentioned this too. I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, I think it really is a mental battle in terms of if you're teaching yourself and um, you're at least in my case, I was a little unsure if I'd be able to do it in some cases, but just perseverance and figuring out uh, really kind of um, compounds a certain self-confidence, which eventually, uh, um, I mean, at this point, I feel like I could really 
program anything that comes to mind uh, on the web, and I'm getting there in Objective C. So, um, yeah, I think it's definitely a, a mental battle with yourself uh, in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, a lot of people have said that same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you wrote you wrote a blog post about your app Jamcam. Uh, can you tell me a little about it, about the app and sort of your process from like where the idea came from and that kind of stuff? I'm definitely going to link to the post because I think it's very interesting for people who are looking to figure mm-hmm. out this self, you know, this self learning type thing. But I'd love to hear from you uh, mm-hmm. a little bit about it. Yeah, uh, for sure. So I, um, I guess I was definitely trying to to think of an idea. It wasn't exactly like a, a light bulb moment where. Um, you know, I had this idea out of nowhere. It was, it was kind of a methodical trying to figure out what would make sense to make as an app. But um, the idea did come uh, when I was uh, from personal frustration of, you know, being particularly for me, it was when in a car, um, you know, listening to music. Um, I always listen to music when I'm driving. And uh, sometimes, um, you know, the, mu- the music just matches the scenery or whatever perfectly. So... Um, I don't want to imply that I use my phone while I drive, but um, I happen to want to make a, a video, um, you know, to, to capture the moment. And any app that you open uh, will, will pause the music when you want to capture the video. So that was kind of the initial motivation for Jamcam, just almost a technical challenge, see if I could figure out how to um, keep the music playing, the native music playing while opening up the video recorder. Um, but then as I... Uh, you know, started to flush out the idea more. I realized that it had more potential um, uh, than just being a tool because it could be a cool way to connect with people and, and stuff like that. So um, I started to build on sharing. And it was around the time when Instagram uh, allowed uploads uh, from your camera roll in the video uh, video form. Uh-huh. So that was kind of a cool break as well. Um, but, yeah, so that's how I, that's how I started it off. Um, and then after uh, a month and a bit of programming, I had the kind of minimum viable product out. And it's been uh, just continuing to update it and building uh, a user base ever since. And are, are you are you happy with the app? Are you happy with the success it's had? And the, you know, what challenges do you see for the app itself in the future? Um, I think it's, it's a common challenge for... Uh, I guess any developers, but anyone on the app store just getting going because discovery is really uh, a challenge. Um, from what I've, I mean, I'm kind of figuring this out as I go and a lot, some of what I say is um, taken from what I've read from uh, people around the internet, but um, yeah, definitely discovery is tricky. Uh, on on websites, I think it's, it's also tricky, but in a different way because people can kind of stumble upon your site and check it out right away, whereas it's kind of like there's a bit of a barrier between um, people's discovery and then their their phones. They have to find it. They have to install it. And So I'm happy with, with where it's at right now, especially considering uh, I'm on my own in this for now, but um, I'm really just taking it a week at a time, seeing what I can do with it. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of things so far, yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So in the, uh, in the post you write about you know, quitting your job and jumping into development full time. And I'm wondering before you made that decision, how much did you know? Like how much, how, how much about development were you prepared to do? Like, 
did you have the app idea already? Did you, were you working on side projects that were, you know, bringing in income? Like what was your, what was your sort of plan to say, okay, I'm going to quit my job and how much information did you have to sort of know that you were going to be good at this and know that you were going to be successful at it? Um, so to start from the top, uh, I did have a background in some some programming I've done in different languages. Um, I took one course in high school, um, and that was kind of introduction where I just we learned about for loops and if and, and else and stuff. Um, and then in university, I hadn't done much else. I did a bit in university. Um, I think one was like a Lego robotics course. Um, and then I did my thesis uh, in MATLAB. I programmed a simulator, uh, which um, which simulated the occurrence of what's called phantom traffic jams. So that was kind of very technical, and there wasn't. It's it's pretty different from uh, from programming for say the web or iPhones because that was very much based on logic and algorithms. And I find that uh, with Objective C and with web, it's you're, you're kind of calling a lot of functions as opposed to doing a a raw um, calculation, but anyway, so I did have a bit of a background, um, and then throughout the uh, course of my year at the acoustical firm, um, I was kind of just getting comfortable with, uh, with web-based languages, and so at the time when I quit, um, I had a good amount of money saved up from um, my, my first job, and also uh, did well one summer during uh, university. I ran a business uh, of another type, so um, I had some money saved up, and I was confident in my programming skills. So, essentially, my thought process was: you know, I'm young. This is the time to take a risk. Um, I've got the skills. I've got some money, and you know, some runway. So, um, it just kind of made sense. And uh, and since I quit, actually, it's been quite easy to get freelance work. So I haven't actually even um, lost money. I've been doing some freelance work just enough to kind of stay uh, stable. So I had a, a fairly solid plan, and uh, so far it's been been good, been good. But it really is a week by week thing. I mean, there's no, which is kind of exciting. But so that that was my plan. It definitely, the week by week thing definitely keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you now consider you, you're now you know consider yourself you are a full time web develop you know web and iOS developer, and mm-hmm. I'm wondering. What, you know, for the person who's listening to the show who is just just setting out to learn um, mm-hmm. on a similar path as you, what advice would you give to them? Like, if you could go back to yourself a year or two ago before you started this, mm-hmm. um, what would you say to yourself? Um, I think a few things. Um, the first thing would be to just be relentless in trying again and again. Um, because my first, the first project I worked on, um, definitely a big part of what motivated me was that I kind of really thought that, hey, this could be an idea that could take off. And when it didn't exactly take off, um, I, you know, I was a little surprised, but also it was, you know, it was a good learning experience because I said, okay, well, you know, it turns out that if you build it, they won't come. Like, it, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so I think uh, just learning that. If you keep on trying, um, good things will happen. I think that's a, um, you know, a kind of, the kind of lesson that you might have to experience to learn, but it, it's definitely good to, to hear it uh, before starting, I think. Um, and then, hmm, 
I think that would be the main thing, yeah. That's great. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering if we could have a little fun here and uh, go back to the first thing, the first thing you ever built on the web. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about it. I, I think these stories kind of give listeners perspective on the fact that, you know, their first static website that they put up is awesome to them and they should be proud of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's great for self-taught people to talk about what they built first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first thing that I built was uh, version one of my music site vibrato. Um, and so unfortunately I, I have since updated it to version two, which, uh, didn't exactly do better, but I think it's technically more, uh, it's prettier and, and nicer, but, um, I think, uh, yeah, it, vibrato one was, uh, it had some pretty cool ideas, but just, uh, it was kind of um, CSS-wise a little ugly. Um, and the way I was doing things was, uh, you know, because it, in your first time, you just kind of try and hack around until it works, and then you move on to the next thing because you don't have, you know, time to perfect it. And what I kept on finding was that, um, you know, whenever I would finish a certain part of the website, I would look back at even the previous part I'd done, and I would just, you know, shaking my head at how silly certain things were the way I went around doing it because... You just learn so fast when you kind of are, are right at the start. Um, so definitely some funny things there, but unfortunately, it's not it's not out there for anyone to take a look at. <laughs> it's so true, though, what you said about how you're learning so quickly, so your style and things changes very quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, last week, uh, I think it was last week, uh, my guest talked about um, the idea that he built something, and then three months later, he had learned something else, so he rebuilt it all again, and then three months after that, he rebuilt it all again because mm-hmm. he kept learning and he kept realizing, wow, I could do this so much better. I could do it so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so to sort of shift gears from your first thing, I'm trying to, I would love to know what's the, what's your, what's the favorite thing you've built on the web or as an app or. Um, I think, I guess it kind of follows from, from what I'm saying there is everything, every uh, next step I kind of, feel even more proud of than the previous one. And I'm, I'm pretty happy with jam cam. I, I like the, it's in some ways, uh, like I think I could improve the design in some areas, but it's tricky. Cause when you're, you know, you're on, when you're on your own, you got to make sure you allocate your time, uh, wisely and not get too, uh, zoned in on the details. But, um, I'm pretty happy with jam cam. And I think my personal website, um, I haven't changed that in a while because I think I like the simplicity and the animations. Um, I think I'm going to stay with that style for a while. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of that work as well. I, like, I, I really like your personal website too. The anima- the animations of the timeline are very, very nice. Thank you. Um, I was actually, I was on it a few, uh, probably about an hour ago, uh, trying mm. to see some more about you. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, um, you know, you, um, I'm wondering, what are you, what are you learning now? Like now that you're doing, you know, you're, you have an iOS app out. What, mm-hmm. what are you, what are you still working on in terms of building your skills and knowledge? Um, it's a good question. I, I'm still, I'm definitely still uh, have a lot of uh, room to improve in objective C. Um, I mean, there was a pretty huge memory leak that was in Jamcam until version I think 1.3 or something, and uh, thankfully someone in Stack Overflow came to the rescue there. But um, actually, I, I'm kind of these days I'm I'm learning something in a pretty different area um, because 
like I was saying, I, I don't want to get too um, bogged down in just you know developing and kind of um, hoping that users will come. Uh, I just pushed a big update to Jamcam that, that lets you uh, view other people's videos and kind of adds a community feature, um, kind of in a mix between Reddit and Vine almost. Um, so you can vote things up and down, you can see each other's videos. But what I'm really trying to figure out these days uh, to kind of, you know, it's, it's all fun and games to make to make all these products, but they, I need to make some money from it. So I, I am working on uh, um, the whole uh, sales and marketing side now. So, um, you know, trying to figure out certain uh, techniques on, on using Reddit, which was very helpful initially. Um, I, I have some plans for YouTube, just getting going on Twitter and stuff like that. And secondly, uh, you know, dealing with uh, investors and stuff like that. You know, I've been going to meetings with um, various people and I'm trying to figure out that kind of networking side because I really think there's a lot to be said. I had this, I had this notion initially when I got going where if I made a beautiful product that, that worked well, people will just come to it. And I think, you know, that's, that's kind of a fringe case. I think, um, uh, it, you know, becoming successful in this, in this area does take quite a bit of hustle and getting out there. So that's kind of um, what I'm really trying to figure out these days, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, so you, before we get to before we wrap up, I'm wondering. You just mentioned Stack Overflow, and this is something I ask a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, but the community of web developers, whether it's iOS or uh, Ruby or anything else, the community is strong, and the community is so helpful to so many people just starting out. Um, and everybody I've asked has said that. I'm wondering if there's a story you have about something that somebody you couldn't figure something out and you went on stack overflow or you went to a Facebook group or something that somebody really helped you out. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm wondering if you might share that with us. Yeah, definitely. Well, to, to continue the, um, string of, of this scenario with jam cam that I was alluding to there. So I had this problem where, um, I was generating, uh, thumbnails for, uh, for a scroll view and, uh, and jam cam. And, uh, you know, there, there are a few ways I could have done it, but essentially um, the way I was doing it was uh, generating a new thumbnail every time it had to, to load the, the scroll view. And um, it's, it was kind of funny because I'd, uh, you know, in true uh, self-taught programmer style, I was um, I had a chunk of code that I'd found for a tutorial that was um, kind of 10 lines long. It could generate a thumbnail. And... Um, so I hadn't modified it too much and I was using that, but what I didn't realize is that it was missing a single line of code that, um, was what was causing the, the big crash. And so, um, I put, you know, this big lengthy, uh, question on stack overflow. Um, and I really couldn't target the problem. You know, I, I was using probes to monitor memory. I couldn't find the spike that was causing the crash. Um, and, uh, you know, I was trying to, um, you know, determine where this leak was occurring, and I tried all these things. And honestly, that process was quite a learning experience because I learned about all these different ways to analyze the app and um, do some higher level debugging. But um, in the end, uh, this one person responded and, and uh, said, "You have a huge leak in your code. You know, this is this one line you're missing," and it totally fixed it. So um, it's it's pretty amazing that it's a community out there that can. He's just willing to help so much and 
I've tried to answer a few questions myself too to give back, but um, this guy was very helpful. It really, I mean, the community support is absolutely amazing. It's one of my favorite features or favorite things about learning, um, especially in this field, that so many people are willing to step up to the plate and offer you free advice or free support or give you a code snippet to be like, oh, this is how you should do it better. Um, so, Matt, I want to thank you so much. And before we wrap up, um, where can the listeners find you on the Internet, you know, website, Twitter, etc.? Um, if you just Google search my name, I should come up with my uh, personal page. That's kind of my um, place where I list what I'm working on. But I use Twitter occasionally um, and uh, Instagram. Um, but, yeah, generally my handle is Matt Lozak, so you can find me there. Great. And I'll link to a bunch of those uh, in the show notes, which you can find at www.howtoholdapencil.com. Uh, once again, my name is Ruben Ingber. I'm your host. This has been another great episode of How to Hold a Pencil. You can follow us on Twitter at Hold a Pencil, or you can follow me on Twitter and learn more about the show at Ruben Ingber, R-E-U-B-E-N-I-N-G-B-E-R. And for our American listeners, have a very happy Thanksgiving. And once again, thank you so much to Matt Lozak for joining us on the fourth episode of How to Hold a Pencil. <laughs>